All right, all right. So, hello world, welcome back to Real Talk with Jean, where nothing's off limits. You could, it could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me and I appreciate that. I am your host, Ray Jean Lewis. Now, here on Real Talk with Jean, everything's debatable. So on any given week, we could be discussing anything from sports to music to politics. You name it, we'll discuss it. Now, we have some very special guests this week talking about some very special situations that are happening in the low country and beyond. We've seen political unrest throughout the country, everywhere from Minneapolis, Minnesota, to Los Angeles, California, to Atlanta, Georgia, and now it has hit home to Charleston, South Carolina, and the surrounding areas. Today, I have three community activists that are doing the work. So I wanted to bring them on to talk about the work that they're doing in the communities and how we can support them as community members. Um, I wanna start out with uh, Sherea Washington. Please introduce yourself to the audience. Hey everybody, I am Sherea Washington. Um, probably one of the more fresh faces on the scene, um, on, the, on the political scene, should I say, though I've been on the scene for quite a while, uh, singing and acting and so on and so forth, whatever. So just another platform um, to get the word out there to let everybody know we fight for us. Word, word. Uh, Justin. Justin, please introduce yourself, sir. You're muted. You're muted, bro. Your your mic is muted. Uh, okay, Brandon, introduce yourself. Hey, good afternoon. I'm Brandon Collinger, 22. I'm a native here in North Charleston. I run uh, several mentoring programs here for all young men living in single parent homes down here in North Charleston. Uh, I am the founder of the Million Man March that's happening on June 28th here in downtown Charleston. And I work for the kids, man. I work for the kids and the people. All right, cool, cool, cool. Thank you for sharing that. All right, and Justin, please introduce yourself to the audience. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, my name is John Hunt. I am the um, founder, no longer president of the Builder Brother Foundation, Somerville, and I am the founder and president of Stand As One, and that's in the Tri-County area. Okay. All right. Good stuff. So for those, for, for, for those who, again, as you can tell, um, all three of these people different from different areas, they're impacting different areas of community. And we have protests that are going on this, this weekend. Um, before we even get into your individual protests, um, but let's, let's talk about what got you into activism. Um, with everything going on, like what, what made you feel the need, the call to get into activism? I'll start with you, Brandon. Well, uh, and I was, as a junior in high school, I met uh, Chief Reggie Burgess, who's now, well, who was uh, the first African-American chief of police for the North Charleston Police Department. And um, I had a rough childhood growing up. I didn't meet my biological dad until I was 18. He lived in for me. Um, the guy who raised me, you know, I thought that was my uh, biological dad. But I've been through a lot, and... I volunteer at my local middle school that I used to attend, Jerry Zucker Middle School, and going there, man, and seeing my old teachers, uh, seeing the growth in me, and seeing what I where I started and where I'm at now, that actually like encouraged me to want to uh, get into activism and all that good stuff. So that way, I can educate my young brothers and sisters and prevent them from going through uh, the things I went through growing up. You know. Um, especially when I heard there was a, a couple of years ago when 
you guys all remember the Emmett Till story when the lady came out and said, you know, after finally a couple of decades later, she comes out and say, hey, man, that never happened. You know, uh, she lied about all that stuff. And, you know, I just don't want history to repeat itself. You know, that's uh, when that happened, man, that, that really hurt me deep down. It hit me home. It hurt me personally. And then not only that, five years ago with the Walter Scott shooting, Walter Scott's son was on my football team at West Jersey High School. You know, I didn't really have a good relationship with them, but uh, those things that hit close home to me is really what uh, encouraged me to get into activism, you know, and I really support Chief Burgess a lot. He supports me in everything I do, and, you know, that's one tough seat to be in, uh, especially in the city of North Charleston. You know, a lot of eyes are on him, and he's only one man, like we've been saying, you know. All cops aren't bad cops, and I <laughs> Whether you like it or not, there's, there's going to be people that don't support you, and there's going to be, be a ton of people that are going to support you. But I'm in this fight with Chief Burgess and um, Michael Brown, young Michael Brown. All those guys are great leaders out there. Pastor Dixon, you know, I'm there, man. And like they said, man, we need more young leaders to come out and speak up. Yeah. Uh, so right now I'm encouraging all my friends and all my family members that are young, you know, 22, 18. You could be seven coming out there and, activate, um, and be an activist, you know. There's no certain age limit. There's no – certain uh, level of education you should obtain to be an activist. Just go out there and uh, allow your voices to be heard and encourage, I encourage other people to go out there and listen to other people's opinions and things like that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that, Brandon. Uh, Justin, tell us why, what made you get into activism, bro? Justin. All right, so when I got home, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yes. My mute again. No, we can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, yeah. And then, okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so I'm sorry. So when I got home from college, um, this is gonna be crazy. So I got home from college, and um, I grew up in Somerville. That's home for me. Um, it'll always be home. And, you know, community violence, you know, I'm just going to be honest, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, about police brutality, what about such on such crime and this, this and that. But um, so I definitely started attacking community violence at first. I mean, yeah, big, I don't know if you remember, John, but we uh, lost about four people from the summer of the community. Um, and, you know, my teacher from high school, Linked up, she's like, just you know, you really should start soaring. And it was my heart, so I got into activism through mentoring. Actually, you know, because when you get involved with a younger um, kid's life, you start to see things that you normally wouldn't have. So I started to see trends in the school systems, and you know, ways I could possibly offer them more resources um, to the city. So just along through mentoring, um, came with. Actually, they're kind of hand-in-hand, if you want to be honest with you. So um, I got involved with that, and then Bill Brother, and then just the love for my people. Um, recently, um, just everyone kind of with the same heart. I uh, started that same one, but I care about my people since, I don't know, college. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. All right. Sherelle, what, what, what made you want to get in, involved in activism? Uh, first and foremost, can y'all hear me? Yes. Yes. Awesome. All right. So my uh, 
beginning or the conception of me getting into activism started far more personally. Uh, it started with my children in the school system and a situation that happened um, that I viewed to be really, really small. Um, and they saw it as a huge thing. My daughter running down the, um, down the hallway trying to make it to a class um, on time because you only get a certain amount of time to make it from one class to the other. She didn't want to be late and have that write up. And instead it, it turned into um, almost an expulsion mm. from the school. And so, you know, of course I'm gonna go up there as a mother and, and fight and advocate like this doesn't make any sense. You know what I'm saying? You simply could have just told her to stop running, maybe put her in ISS, whatever the case may be. Why does the, uh, this crime, if you will, have such a huge consequence? And they literally put her into the alternative school. And so that made me start doing some research as to what happens to our children versus uh, the consequences that some of the other children have in the areas. And then I found that disproportionately, our children are, um, are ridiculed, are punished that much greater than our counterparts. And that wasn't fair. So of course, I stayed up at the school board one way, you know, one reason or another. And then I'm like, well, it can't just be happening to my children. So I started asking questions, you know what I mean, to some of the other parents. And lo and behold, you know what I mean, we would have really small infractions, but huge consequences. And, mm. then, and once you label our children, that just turns into something else. And you leave straight from the school system into the uh, the judicial system because that's what they want. That's what they're signing you up for. And that's not something that I was willing to lie down and take. Um, if you know anything about me, you know that I'm not the lie down and take nothing uh, easily type of personality anyway. Yeah. Um, and because it involved my children's education, I absolutely refuse to allow somebody to label them um, as something bad, even if they did make a mistake. You know what I mean? Like we can learn from these things and we can be greater. We can still flourish in this environment if you allow it. But if you deem my child unworthy to teach or, you know, just a lost cause, then that falls back on not just myself, but on our communities. And so I started fighting and I'm not just fighting for mine because both of my daughters are now in college. I fight for everybody else in the community because if they did it to mine, they'll do it to yours. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, I definitely hear, you know, different uh, reasons for getting into to, to, to uh, activism, everything from, you know, the, the stories of the past to things that are going on right now to parenthood. That's definitely shows that one, I, I think it's important that in this time that we, we draw the distinction between what people want to make the conversation about and what the conversation actually should be about. Um, you know, everything from what the term Black Lives Matter means to, you know, the organization Black Lives Matter, which is not the same thing, by the way, for those who are not, you know, initiated to what that stuff actually goes into. But um, everything from that to, to, to why people are protesting. You know, some people are saying, oh, well, they're only protesting because they hate white people. I've heard that. You know, I've heard um, people are only protesting because they're ignorant and they don't know any better. They want to tear down history. All of that. Um with all that being the case, with all that being the case, did you mute your mic? I did not. Y'all can't hear me. Yeah, Brandon, can I can hear you. See your mouth. Brandon can, I hear, can me. hear you. I can't hear. You. Oh, okay, all right. I'm gonna just keep going, and I got you. Justin Let's went see. away. Justin's back. Hold on. Y'all good? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, I'm good. Sherea can't hear me. Sherea, go out and come back in. I'm sorry we haven't done I can hear everybody but me, John. So I'm gonna leave and come right back. Yes, thank you. I can hear her. All right, so, awesome. all right, so all right. So what I was saying was well, the point that I was getting to was that everybody's trying to make the conversation about everything other than what the what the what these protests are about. So when you see protests happening, 
um, you know, throughout the country, before we even talk again about your individual protests, what does it mean when people protest to you? And I'll start with you this time. Uh, I think I started with Brandon first last time. So let's start with Justin this time. Um, I think I got most of that. So I guess the question is, what does it mean when protest itself, right? Is that what we're yes. talking about? Yes. What does that mean to you? So, okay, so my, my, whole, my whole argument is when you protest, always have either a demand, a request, or expect a result. Um, there's a difference between protesting and basically just going out there because you're emotional. And we have to remember um, protests and emotions tie hand in hand. But when we protest, we present two things. We represent unity and we represent numbers. We have to have a specific demand that we want. Um, when we did our protest in Mount Pleasant at the Bridge, Run, Bridge Rock, sorry, um, we actually wrote a police reform. It was actually a police reform um, basically designed to where if a police officer is in a misconduct situation and he has to go to court, we were trying to strip government funding for him. Um, I don't know if you guys remember. You, of course you remember Michael Slager. You know, our taxes pay for their court fees, man. Yeah. And we were not okay with that. So we we presented the 2,000 people in unity, but at the same time, we literally had a reform goal. So again, I just want to encourage everyone, and a protest doesn't have to be huge. You can have four or five people out there just to make noise. But you know what? When someone asks you, oh, what are you guys doing out here? Tell them your request. Tell them your want. Tell them what you expect. Because words are get out fast and things. So my thing of a protest is always have a, either a demand, a request, or a want. And let your voice be heard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Brandon, What? What? It, when you think about protest, what, what does it mean to you when you see people activate and, and get active in, in that type of demonstration? I see uh, a few things, actually. I see, first and foremost, I see change. And when I see uh, me being a young guy in this day and age, this is all like coming coming to reality. I'm, I finally get the experience of uh, the right to protest. And I get to hear these different opinions from all uh, different various groups, people that support our protests and people that don't support our protests. Um, but overall, I believe protesting is a good thing as long as we stay committed. And what I mean by that is uh, we've got enough momentum going. We have to, like uh, Justin was saying, we have to. Uh, now is the time that we stop protesting, but we continue to protest with demands. Mm. All right. We're not just out there holding signs and, uh, you know, bad mouthing people and stuff like that. We're actually yeah. um, giving out demands and we have to do that now. You know, we have to do that now. And I know that Corona and uh, all this COVID-19 stuff are coming out and people are saying we have to wear masks and people are scared to, you know, social distance and all that as well. But uh, we have to, in this date, this um, time period that we live in now, we have to continue to protest if we want to seek change. We cannot uh, let the momentum die out like we have in the past or we'll be stuck in the same situation we were in. So now, um, like I'm saying, we're all in this together. We've all want to encourage people to continue to pro protest peacefully and, you know, the rioting, looting and all that stuff. I understand why, you know, a lot of people are out there doing that. But like Justin also said, you know, we don't need to, res we don't need to respond with in anger and uh, frustration. We need to have mm -hmm. a peace of mind and, you know, we have to 
it's going to take two people to sit down from both sides, two people to sit down and actually agree on uh, what's best for us in our community moving forward. All right. So, and Sherelle, when, when you think about you think about protests, like what does it mean to you to see this 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 young uh, uh, generation of activists that are that are starting to get going? What, is, what does that bring to you, to your mind? Well, first, it brings tears to my eyes to be perfectly honest with you, because as youth, we typically look to our elders to get the work done yeah. and we reap the benefit. Um, so to see um, people our age and, and younger getting out there on the front line saying, listen, this is our generation and the generations to come. And unfortunately, you're not to say that the old way didn't work, but um, there's a different way that can be introduced. And the only way um, to do that is to bring our elders and and the generations that come after together so that we yeah. can all fight. We don't have time no longer to sit home and allow one party to do the work while everybody else attempt to read, um, reap the benefits or have an opinion about what's going on. We, this is an all hands on deck type of situation as it comes to each and every uh, situation, not just in crime, not just in education, but because our communities are impacted each and every day on each front, we're going to have to do it together. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think everything that you guys said is absolutely true um, in terms of, 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 of this generation. I think this generation is a really, really interesting one uh, because the further and further that we get away from slavery, the less um, beholden people are to that time, that mindset in that time frame. Um, for so long, you know, we knew that that big stick was coming. Um, that big stick was coming that, you know, if y'all rise up, we're going to pull that big stick out and we're going to knock y'all back down. Um, right now, there's really like, you can't do public hangings anymore. You you can't just ride through a city and just mass massacre people. Like, that's not something you can do. And this generation hasn't experienced any of that. So a lot of that scared and a lot of that fear that was that, that are in our older generations that kept our, you know, great grandparents and our grandparents and our even our parents from doing certain things, these young people don't have that. So I'm really interested in watching um, the fearlessness that that with which they they protest. Um, do I approve? Do I agree with all of their methods? No, but but they getting stuff done. That's all I'm gonna say about that. So with that being said, and I definitely agree, uh, Mr. Morris, and I see you, Cal. Uh, protesting should be about messaging, and that's what we're going to talk about now. So let's talk about the messaging. Um, as far as as far as coordination for your for your protest, how much time did you spend in coordinating the um, the logistics of your protest? And can you talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind? And you can take that at any anybody can go first with that. I don't mind. Uh, I guess I'll go for countless, yeah. countless, hours. countless hours. There's a lot of sleepless nights to go into it. Um, there's a lot of um, I, I wish there was one way for me to put the message out there and say, hey, I need everybody's help. But unfortunately, I had to start texting people one on one and explaining my position and why I needed their help. And then I started making calls one on one. And then I started, you know, going by um, some of the churches to speak to the, you know, the church leaders and, and stopping by some of the stores in the community, some of our businesses and stuff and just kind of sharing one on one and getting them to understand uh, uh, not, not only the platform that I'm standing on, but how greatly the necessity is that that we do this thing together like yeah. don't have me out there on the front line fighting a war that you're sitting back telling me hey if you go over there you can pick up that weapon and that'll work well yeah. why not be there to hand it to come me? with me yeah you, you know what i'm saying so it, yeah absolutely and um and, and it takes a lot it, it really does this is not something that the weak 
can apply energy towards because I'm telling you things come up, you know what I'm saying? You, you, once you put yourself out there, you become a target. Yep. You know what I'm saying? To, to a lot of hate, they try to intimidate you uh, very much. So, you know what I'm saying? And they'll bring anything that they can to try to shut you up. And we've known that for, you know, the longest time when, when it comes to anything, whatever method that they could use to get you to be quiet and to, to stop speaking and stop advocating mm-hmm. um, and stop, attempting to be a liaison between your people and theirs they'll do anything that they can so what they cannot do is go up against the amount of numbers that we have we've always been greater in number we've always been greater in strength what they had in the past that they don't have now was the ability to make us all um scared we're no longer scared and what i love about this generation is that they have have such a sense of invincibility that makes no sense. And you're like, you know, I would never have thought to go out there and do some of the things yeah. that they're doing, but they're doing yeah. it. And then they almost make you look at yourself in, in shame almost like, you know what, I could have been doing this and then my children don't have to. But now that we have to do it all together, we're going to do it. And, you know, moms are out there, dads are out there, your grandparents Absolutely. are out there. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it is what it is. So, But it takes work. It does take work. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Brandon, I want to, I want to come to you, um, with, 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 as far as logistically, um, what, what are your thoughts on the fact that, you know, some people think that, you know, with, you know, and we're, we'll start talking about your individual marches and stuff, because we, we all have unique, um, uh, ways that we, that we protest. Um, Brandon, what do you think the role of, you know, women, you know, with Sharia, you know, being someone who is a female, a black female at the forefront of a protest, what do you think the role of the black female is when it comes to uh, protest? Great question. I think that um, for men to stay strong throughout this tough process um, that's going on in society right now, we need our women to keep us strong and we need them uh, to support us in the process. You know, this is not something that men, this is not a, a challenge that men can only handle. You know, we need women with us and we do need our youth um, by our side throughout this whole process. I think that women, um, they've done all the way down from Fan, uh, Fannie Lou Heyman, uh, Coretta Scott King, all these great uh, yeah. activists, Harriet Tubman, we know the stories, man. Uh, Ruby Bridges, you know, without females today, you know, we wouldn't have had a lot of success without women. Um, in our history, you know, yeah. starting with education, women played a huge part in um, education. I'm a big fighter and believer in um, education reform because I see a system built to fail our children. You know, they're steady passing on kids that don't deserve, that don't need that. They're passing on, say, for instance, you're in sixth grade reading on a first grade reading level. This is this is true stuff, by the way. I'm not just making this up. You got sixth graders right. reading on first, second grade reading levels, and then they're getting promoted to the seventh grade next year. And you're wondering how is that happening? You know, and uh, you know, your, your child isn't suitable or uh, prepared to move on to the next grade, but that's the system that they're in, that they're, uh, that they're placed in. And like I said, we need our moms. You know, I know we got a lot of, we have a lot of single moms out there. My mom was a single mom, you know, uh, and we, us men, we need to learn to stay strong and, for guys like me, Justin, and, you know, Rajan, you know, there's a lot of other good guys out there. But what we need to do um, as a black community as a whole is we need to continue to educate our men, to uh, our women that aren't able to be in their children's lives. We need to continue uh, creating programs and resources in place so that they are able to see their kids and build that relationship with their kids. You know, women, they deal with pregnancy, man. They got a, some of these women are out there working two or three jobs with no man in the um, household. 
once again, this is back to uh, me mentoring. I believe that all kids should live in the house with all both parents, you know. Mm. But throughout this whole movement, we need our men to stay strong, and we also need our brothers to uh, do what they have to do to make this movement a success. Okay. And what I'm seeing so far, it's it's real good. It's real. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And thank you for sharing that, uh, <laughs> Justin. Um, I, I want to ask you about because you y'all did a, a really interesting demonstration. Um, I think it was last weekend um, downtown. Oh, it was in Mount Pleasant. And I, I wanted to, to give you an opportunity to, to expound on that. I'm, I'm definitely going to have the lady, uh, the director of that protest on the show on, an, on another time. Uh, but I wanted you to talk to talk a little bit about that protest, which was very unique in the way that you guys did it. Justin. Cool. So um, I have been censored by my book. You guys hear me? I hear, I hear you, yeah. Um, I have been censored by my... Okay, cool, cool. So I'm going to address it the best way that I can. So um, if you haven't seen it, um, you can check my page, everything like that. So Justin had went away. He's going to be back, and that's okay. It's all right. So I'll just, I'll just talk a little bit about the protest that they did. Um, so I think it was last weekend, and I'll post the video in my page. Um, they did a, a protest where they actually did a what if the roles were reversed um, in regards to the Confederacy and the Confederate flag. And they did a demonstration in Justin's back to explain it. Justin. <sighs> <laughs> Go ahead, bro. I hear you. Go ahead. Talk about your protest. Okay. You guys see me? I think yes. I'm still backstage. We hear you. Yeah, we see you and we hear you. So um, what I don't want to do is discredit um, the visionary. So um, just give you a little background. Um, her name is Bia Williams. Um, she... Um, graduated from the University of Charlotte in theater art and actually graduated from college at Charleston with a master's in um, theater education. So, um, you know, I've been a friend with her for a long time, but, but this creativity of her was a statement. Um, however, again, all I was was really an actor for it, um, pushing her vision. Okay. Um, but again, I don't feel like I'm the right person to what she really was trying to prove yeah. um, because she was a visionary. All I can say, man, is that it hit some homes. I can uh, I can talk about the after effects, but I can't explain the visionary because that's all to her. But, um, you know, again, you asked a while back, um, you know, what do you expect from protests? Sometimes you want to make people very uncomfortable. Okay. You want to make people uncomfortable. I agree. Um, we lost Justin again. That's okay. I don't think I've ever had this many technical difficulties in one episode ever, but that's all right because God is still God, and this thing is getting pushed out. Um, so I want to I want to explain because I know He doesn't want to take too much liberties with what with with the actual process of it. So I wanted to explain a little bit about the um, protest and what you know we saw from the outsiders, those who were not a part of it. Um, what we saw uh, was a protest where they did a "What if the roles were reversed?" kind of scenario. Um, where um, there were white people walking around in chains uh, with, I, I believe it was makeup. I don't think y'all actually whipped the white people. So um, they were they were in chains um, and they were walking down the street and they had the, um, Justin dressed up as a um, overseer, if you will, in that in that type of attire. 
um, with a whip in his hand and they were screaming with the uh, somebody was screaming with the megaphone. What if the roles were reversed? How would you feel about the flag? What if the roles were reversed? Would you still be supporting this history? And to me, that was a profound statement. That was a profound statement. I know Justin, like I said, like he said, you know, he doesn't want to take too many liberties because he doesn't want to take the the um the credit away from the visionary, which was I think Miss Sylvia Williams, who's actually going to be on the show um in the up in the up next coming coming. Yeah, Sylvia and so we're going to have her on to talk about it. But um, I just wanted to I just wanted to really Woo! describe I wanted to describe the fact that um, there are so many different approaches to men to, uh, to not mentoring. There's so many approaches to, to protesting. There's so many approaches, different approaches to the way that people are going about these things. We are not a monolith. Black people do not all think the same things and we don't go about things the same way. So that means that sometimes people are going to go out and burn stuff. Guess what? That's a part of this. Sometimes people are going to go out and peacefully protest and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. That's a part of the process. Sometimes people are going to get together and they're going to do dramatic scenes that just challenge your way of thinking. And that's a form of protest. Sometimes they're just going to put a piece of tape over their mouth and stand in the middle of a place and just have you walk by and look at them. None of them are wrong. None of them are wrong. The point of direct, the point of direct action, the point of direct action is to make you feel something. And the harder that a protest is to ignore makes it more effective. That's simple. That's why what Colin Kaepernick did was what the way that Colin Kaepernick did things was so important. He did it in the most opportune time, in the most opportune place to get the most opportune eyes to look at his his situation. He didn't have to say a word. He didn't have to say a word. They're like, what is he doing? And why can't we ignore him? And that's what these protesters want to do. They want to they want to create direct action that will make them impossible to ignore impossible for them to, for you to say oh well at least they're over there we can ignore them a, a protest that, can, that is easily ignored is not effective i just want to put that out there so with that being the case let's talk about you guys individual protests and what you have going on this weekend um i believe that justin's is saturday so i want to start no justin's is sunday sharae is yours is saturday so uh give us a, yes. a rundown of of your protest um what can we expect and what are the, the expected outcomes Okay, um, so, can you hear me? Yes. I'm going to make sure you can hear me. I can hear you, sis. Uh-oh, you're about to go away again. You're you about to go away again. Looks like I went away. Can yeah. you hear me? I'm going to remove you. Bring you back. Nope, I'm can't back, hear you. Please. Now I'm on the show. Here I go. you back. I, I can hear you, but I can't see you. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Brandon. Brandon, go ahead and start talking about the uh, the Million Man March. All right, so June twenty eighth, like I said earlier, at four p.m., we'll be meeting at White Point Gardens on the Battery, and then you know we'll start off with a quick briefing from myself, and then we'll lead on with like a lead prayer from Pastor Dixon, and then we got uh have a couple of females out there that's gonna sing a couple uh songs for us and stuff like that, and then we're gonna make our way. Over to Marion Square, we're going to march down uh, Meeton Street, uh, which will be led by uh, trucks. And, then, you know, we'll have some uh, tunes playing, uh, different people speaking, different speeches playing uh, throughout the whole march or whatever. Once we get to Marion Square, I have a, uh, also have a scheduled list of speakers that will be out there speaking. Jesse Williams won't be able to make it again, but uh, Rajan is actually one of our speakers. Yeah. We have... Uh, 
you know, Rajon, Erica Coakley, a lot of great activists out there, Greg Perry, uh, Butch Kennedy. We have, uh, who else do we have? We have a, we have a great, uh, a decent uh, guest list there. You know, a lot of notable uh, activists out there in the community. And I encourage everybody to come out there. If you don't have masks, we'll have masks out there for you guys. We'll do our best to uh, practice social distancing. Um, food and drinks will be out there. And we'll have an opportunity for any activists out there that uh, to be heard, you know, open mics and stuff like that. So what, that's a little what, bit about. What are your, what are your expected outcomes? My expected outcome is basically I would like to encourage um, basically bringing the black community together, building unity, not with just within the um, black community, but with all. I want everybody to come together because <coughs> I want everybody to realize that if we come together, we're a lot stronger than we are divided. You know, we have too many people. Uh, we have different organizations, some people supporting the cause, and then we have a lot of the same people uh, that look like us that are going against the cause, and we don't need that, you know? Mm -hmm. The last thing we need is divisiveness and division in the city like our government's already done. So what I'm my whole main goal is to do is bring everybody together with a list of demands, uh, encourage the black community to come together and support one another, you know, and encourage other people while we wait on change, because change is a process to encourage our brothers and sisters to start community programs for our youth, our seniors, you know, our homeless population, uh, address gentrification. You know, um, and last last Tuesday, we decided recently uh, the runoff race on June 23rd. Deion Tatter, you know, Carol Temple and all those guys won. But uh, we we need more people to go out there and vote. A lot of people believe that their votes don't matter. You know, it was six percent um, voting population on for the runoffs. You know, I know it's just the runoffs is uh, a lot of people don't believe that's a big deal. But I believe that's a, a big deal. Every vote counts. You know, so I want to encourage our people to go out there. If you're not registered to vote, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you how to register to vote. We'll have people out there, um, with various different um resources for our community. And all basically, right. what I'm doing is, yeah, that's all. So well, thank you, thank you for that, man. Um, again, um, it's it's really important, um, especially when we're as we're talking about these protests, it's very important that we 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 state our our expectations and our desired outcomes. Um, I, I believe it was Mr. Cal Morrison, you know, said the messaging is so important. It's so important. Um, and I, I'm going to come to Justin and, uh, and Sharia that people understand that when we're out here, we're not just marching for the sake of marching. We, we are, we have an expected end that this, that this is all working towards. So thank you for speaking about that, uh, Brandon. I can definitely see that you have some, some big things in your future, man. I'm, I'm excited about, about, about your future speaking about speaking at that event, the uh, million man March. Um, and, uh, and, and just impacting the people, man. Like that's that's what it's all about. Uh, Justin, uh, tell us about your protest. When is it? What what's happening? And uh, what can they expect? All right, all right. So I'm gonna get a little open here, you know, because I think I should. Um, you know, what is is it like to be an activist? So um, you know, we have a good following. We have tons of supporters. Um, and and you know, we had the car protest set up, but um, I'm not sure if you know. Um, in Greenville, let's talk. Let's talk South Carolina a bit. You know, in Greenville, um, there was a young black lady um, that was bitten in the face by a 24-year-old white guy. Um, now, he was arrested. Um, and I have pictures on my page, and I understand it's one of the, the scars, man. He was arrested. Um, he was arrested, but he was charged with the misdemeanor. So, um, 
Yeah, and uh, we just don't feel too comfortable about that, to be honest with you, the fact that he was charged with the misdemeanor. Um, and, you know, the state of South Carolina has yet to pass a hate crime bill, which is going to make these 10 situations that we have currently going on really bad. I'm not sure if you saw in Wisconsin, um, the young queen was actually lit on fire. Yeah. And um, that was extremely uncomfortable. Um, so, in other words, um, two things. We've been trying to build a lot of unity. When I say unity, I mean unity amongst the protests, unity amongst activists. So, my um, group made the vote last night to um, postpone the um, car protest until two weeks. And we're actually okay. going to be at Brennan's thing. Okay. With him. Um, and then on Wednesday, yeah, on Wednesday, going to be in Greenville, um, protesting um, with, uh, um, our legal staff trying to get that charge raised from a misdemeanor. So, again, mm-hmm. um, we made the call to go ahead and do that, again, because we want to attack things directly. And um, we're not going to be satisfied with the misdemeanor charge on dating one of our, you know, black women in the face. Yeah. But at the same time, we want to we want to support and we want to do unity. I mean, we're all about that. You remember that from the community back to school bash when we brought all, all the little small groups together. All so day. I'm all about unity. I'm, I'm all about unity. So, Brandon, I'll suit up in March, you bro. That's okay with you. Um, and I'll have a group with me. But yep. So I mean, and Wednesday we'll be in Greenville for our protest. Absolutely. I I love I I loved hearing that. Um, because one of the things that you know I I I was like. We got two protests going on on Sunday. Okay, well, let's talk about them. But I love the fact that you know you guys decided to join with Brandon and uh, and and uh, Brand- Brandon's uh, protest, the Million Man March, um, which do which definitely um, welcomes w- women and and children. Um, definitely, so we we want everybody out there on Sunday. Um, what time does it start, Brandon? 4 p.m. I'll be out there at 2 p.m. So <laughs> you have at a, four. I'll be out you there. You have a permit and everything, right? We ain't getting. Yes, we're uh, orchestrating everything with the Charleston Police Department. All right, Chip Searson's not... uh, our main contact there. So. All right, good. So we not get we not getting tasered or nothing like that when we come out there. Oh no, that, <laughs> that better not happen on Sunday. And this is a peaceful protest. Yeah, no violence, please. I, I am I am not signing up to get tased, bro. I am not. Right. <laughs> Uh, so tell us about you. You were telling us about the, the protest taking place Saturday. Yeah. Can y'all hear me? We hear you perfectly. Could. Okay. So I switch gears. Yep. Um, so Saturday we <laughs> first, we're, we're going to start, it starts at 1 PM. We're going to start at Rollins Edwards, Edwards community center. And we're going to make our way over to Hutchinson square. Um, because I'm a musician, I was like, let's go ahead and just make music a really huge part of it because what draws people better, um, than music. So we get some really dope artists to come out, you know what I mean? And, and do that thing or whatever, just try to pull the people in. Even if those that didn't actually come out for the protest, they'll hear it as passers by and at least come out and be like, well, what's going on? Yeah. And so whatever it is that I needed to do, the people in was what we was willing to do but um the the purpose of it is um and i don't know how many people have been keeping up with some of the things going on but i've been like really really huge in advocating for the firing of certain people that were in positions of teaching or administrators or whatever mm-hmm. in our school systems yeah. based on some of the things that they were posting online do they have freedom of speech Obviously, um, it is our constitutional right to be able to say whatever it is that we want. Um, however, when you are saying things and your heart 
at this point is being exemplified by some of the things that you're posting online and it directly affects our children. And that's not something that we can trust as a parent to um, leave our kids in your care for seven to eight hours out of the day. So we're um, advocating for not just the firing because um, Dorchester too, um, the Dorchester district has not been wanting to fire some of the teachers that we brought to um, their attention. Instead, they've allowing some of these teachers to resign. Well, in resigning, you know, you can just very well move from one school to another. So you might not be directly connected to the children here in my personal community, but the one next door. Well, that's unacceptable for us. And so we definitely needed to push and see what it is that we were needing to do, because you don't need to come in contact with not only my children, but with nobody's children. Yeah. Um, and then there needs to be more diversity on the school board of that particular district. There is absolutely zero African-American representation. Mm. There's no one that represents the minorities um, in that area. And it's been that way for about 15 to 20 years. But again, that's intolerable because who's speaking on behalf of us if yeah. we don't have anybody in place? Now, once upon a time, we would just go to the PTA meetings as a parent and we go in and we'd say whatever changes we felt need to happen in our particular classrooms. But what we feel and realize is it's so much bigger than just this one classroom. Like yeah. if the system is designed for our children to fail, what do we need to do? We need to change the system. Mm. Okay. I love it. I love it. We so, do. so, so, so the direct, so y'all's direct ask, and I, I was looking at your, the flyer. I know one of the, the direct asks that y'all are looking for is single member districts. Um, yes. Do, do you want to uh, expound on what that means for those who may not understand what that means? Um, well, basically it just means representation and I, cause there's a lot of big words and stuff that even I had to uh, study and figure out like, okay, what was what? And I'm very educated. Yeah. Um, and it really didn't make a lot of sense to me, but what it boils down to is representation. Um, having somebody in place that represents, um, represents, um, your minority group in a broader, um, sense and having a voice on a panel. That's the bottom line to it. Of it. Yeah. So, so I, I'll even go a little further for you, sis, just cause I, I do have that background in education. And and this is something I've I've had to deal with um, personally. So what uh, what single member districts means is if you think about like your city council, right? You can have at large, uh, so you can have nine at large seats. Let's say you have nine seats on your on your board, right? You can have nine at large seats, which means you can live anywhere in the school district, and 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 run for and fill to fill one of those nine seats, or you can set it up where you have to live in a specific area of that city of that county to be able to run for that seat. Um, when you have things where like people, people who like Charleston County is actually, um, one of the things that Charleston County is actually working to get changed now is single member districts. Dorchester County, um, DD2, people have actually been fighting for quite some time to get single, single member districts. The problem is that every time it pops up on the, um, on the uh, election, on, on the poll, on the, on the Yes, it never it never passes. And I think it's because people don't understand the importance of having a representative a representative a representation for each individual area where people live. So I can't Absolutely. live. We can't have all nine of our members of, of, of a school district live in one neighborhood. Absolutely. Because it represents an entire county. That makes absolutely no sense, especially when you think about the fact that DD2, you know, really runs all the way from North Charleston up until almost uh, Ridgeville. So. Right. That that wide range of areas cannot have should, should have representation for people that live in those individual um those individual areas. So I definitely stand behind you guys in that fight for single member districts. I love the outcomes that you guys are pushing for. I know several people that are on that. You know you'll see me out there, even if it's only for a brief amount of time, because I'm supposed to go to a birthday party on Saturday, and I like to keep my promises. But right, 
you know I support you and everything you do, sis, because I love you, love you, love you. All right. Um, you, so with, with that being said, I want to I want to ask this question. Um, what do people misunderstand most about activism? And I'll I'll start with Justin because he's been in and out. What do people most is what do people most misunderstand about activism? Justin. All right, Brandon. <laughs> the process. I only thing I can think of right now is the process. That's one of the biggest problems, you know. Uh waiting for change to happen. Uh, knowing that there is a process and proper procedures that they do have to take in order for us to, uh, for them to change these policies that they have in uh, in place. And yeah, that too. And then like encouraging people to run for these elected um, positions, you know, yeah. encouraging our people to all uh, have the courage. A lot of people are afraid to go out there and run for these positions. It's not that they're not qualified. It's just that uh, either they don't know how to, or they don't have the resources to run for these positions. So as long as I, uh, we can be patient and wait on the process and encourage other people to run for these uh, positions. I think we'll do great. Awesome. And I want, I want to chime in on that as well, just to that point. Cause I see my sister uh, Eve, Eve Singleton asked about, you know, our minorities attempting to join the boards. What's a, a crazy thing is happening um, when African-Americans are running for these board seats. Um, and I can speak to DD2. I, I worked in DD2. I have no animosity towards DD2. I have mad love for DD2. But these are the things that are happening. So African Americans will run for seats on um, the school count on the school board. And what happens is the African American vote gets split. People think that you can only vote for one African American as opposed to like like there's only like of all the seats and I can't remember exactly how many seats there are on the board. I keep using nine, but it's, it's roughly around nine or eleven. I can't remember. But um. That, that every time, if there's multiple African-Americans, they make it seem like you can only vote for one or the other. And that's the problem with, when you don't have single member districts, because if you have single member districts, maybe I'm the African-American that's running for district five. And this person here is the African-American running for district seven, um, right. as opposed to we have all these seats available and we have three black people running. So what happens is they split the vote between the three black people and none of the black people win. Right. This happens. I've seen this happen to people that I know and care about multiple times so when you look at the issue of single member districts that's something that we're working to try to fix um i think brandon also makes a key point about the fact that we have to put ourselves in position to not only vote but to run for these positions we have the ability and we have the power we have the intelligence we have the know-how to fill these positions and for so long we believed that we weren't good enough i being one of them i believe that 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 i needed to know more i needed degrees and i needed all these expertise and people graduate from high school and run for office. We can do that. We don't, we don't, we don't need any special classes or anything like that. All you need is a genuine will to, to, to better your community and the time to be able to do it. That's all we need. And Justin's been in and out. I wanted to, I wanted to get some words in, um, but, 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 uh, but, but that's, that's important that we understand our power um, as people. I mean, not only as black people, but as Americans, not the one thing that people like, right. we are Americans. Like, yeah, we're black, but we're Americans, which means we have the exact same right to the constitution, to the first amendment, second amendment, third amendment, all the way up until the 27th amendment. Like we have rights to all of those. We're, we're not, we're not, we're not confined. So uh, Justin, what are, what are your, what are your thoughts about um, 
the mis misunderstandings in, in terms of activism. You don't have to message me. I can't hear. What what are your what what is what is your thoughts on like the biggest misunderstanding that people have about being an activist or performing activism? Can you type the question? I can Sorry. type the question. <laughs> All right, so I'm typing the question. So uh, what I'm trying to find out uh, for everybody. Sorry, he's having. I guess he's having some technical difficulties. What is the biggest misconception about? Yes, I do type. Talk while I type. Sorry. <laughs> He's about to go out again. All right, you know what? We're about to end this. We're about to end this interview. Um, <laughs> um, so before we get before we get out of here, um, I want you to once again you just restate, you know, about what's what's going on with your uh, the name of your protest, how people can get involved, and um, and and give your part and thoughts. So we'll start with Brandon. All right, once again, we have a million man march on June twenty eighth. Uh, we'll be starting at White Point Gardens on the Battery at four p.m. We'll start our march. Tamarian Square at 4.30. There'll be several guest speakers there. Uh, singers will have good music there. A lot of people out there voicing their opinions. And once again, we need this to be a peaceful protest. We don't need anybody getting arrested for real. Seriously, because you can protest and get arrested, but right now wouldn't be a good idea because we don't have legislations and policies in place to get you out of jail. So, um, like I said, Deion Tedder, he, he did what he could do as far as the free pro bono for as far as uh, protesters and all that stuff, getting us out of jail and stuff like that. But I encourage you guys, man, there's no good for us behind bars, man. We have no rights. We have no say-so. And we don't have a voice overall if we're arrested, man. We can't change anything if we're behind bars, man. So right. I encourage everybody to come out there. If you have any more information, you can find me on my Facebook page at Brandon Trollinger for the community. Uh, if you're living, if you're a resident of North Charleston, please reach out to me, whether it's homelessness, uh, you need help with uh, adult education, finding jobs, something. I'm out there. If I can't help you with the problem, I know people that can help you with the problem. All right. Don't let your lack of resources be the reason why you're stuck in the same position that you're in now. Um, and I would like to end with my mom. My mom always told me, uh, don't confuse movement with progress. You know, because you can run in place all the time and never get anywhere. So mm. once you get it, pull somebody else up and uh, teach them, man. Each one, teach one. Don't aspire to make a living. Aspire to make a difference. And once again, thanks, Rajon, Justin. It was good to meet you, Ray. Yes, yes, yes. To meet you as well. Well said, Brandon. Well said. Uh, Justin, while we still got you in here before you cut out again, uh, what, 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 what are your parting thoughts, bro? I'm listening. <laughs> we listening to you. <laughs> what are your parting thoughts? What are your parting thoughts, man? Parting thoughts, Justin. Uh-huh. What are my thoughts on what? I need a question. We're leaving. <laughs> we're going home. We're, we're going home. What are oh, your parting thoughts? What are your parting thoughts? Oh, final thoughts. Okay, good. Um, my final thoughts. Um, unity in Charleston, man. Unity in Charleston. That's my. That's it. Unity in Charleston. 
You didn't listen. listen <laughs> but that's listen. big. That's a listen, big, man. profound statement. Listen, man. Unity in Charleston, man. No, we're not bringing you back on again, Justin. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Yo. Unity in Charleston. We're going to let him continue. This is nuts. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah. Talking about, yeah. uh, it's funny. Sherelle, what are your part thoughts, man? <laughs> I'm sorry. You... I apologize. I'm Listen. so sorry. This never happens. This right. never happens. Uh, and, and I'm gonna be, I don't want to be deep and churchy and, and spooky yeah. and all of this other stuff, but technically, yeah. when we when we're in church and we have technical difficulties, we say that the enemy, the enemy, um, yes, it, the enemy is stopping us. So, I am here to tell you that this is no different. The enemy is definitely the prince of the waves mm. of mm. the air, and because our messages are so huge and so impactful and so powerful, I wouldn't accept anything less than him trying to throw every wrench that he could possibly to shut y'all up. That's been saying that from the very beginning. So it's, you know, it is, it is what it is. But in, in my parting thoughts, um, I do wanted to say to the other panelists, you know what I mean? That I appreciate um, what it is that you're doing. The community appreciates what you're doing. We appreciate for putting yourself out on the front being sacrificial in a way um, because somebody has to sacrifice the time and the energy and the passion and the wherewithal to get these things done. And so for those of you guys, you know what I mean, that are willing to put themselves out there, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. As a mom, I thank you. You know what I'm saying? As a member of your communities, we thank you, you know, whatever. As far as um, the school systems, we're going to fight, you know, whatever it takes. And it's not just Dorchester too. Um, you know what I'm saying? That um, we're willing to put forth the fight. So if you tell me, hey, we need some help over here in Charleston County, I'm coming. If you tell me, hey, we need some help over here in Berkeley County, I'm coming over there as well. You know what I mean? Um, I'm happy now that I'm in a position of being able to be helpful. Uh, my children, like I said, are in college. So I have nothing but time. I, I'm empty nesting right now. So I have nothing but time to apply to changes um, because at some point I'm going to have grandchildren and the system that they come into, I want it to be better than you know, this, then the system before. And the only way for us to do it is to get some people in position, in power, with influence, that have a great heart and that mean us no ill intent and want our children to thrive and to flourish. They say all the time that African-Americans, we are indigenous. Well, indigenous means that you can only flourish in certain environments. I don't believe that to be so because time after time, we have proven that regardless of whatever it is that you bring toward us, we not only overcome, but we keep on populating ourselves. We keep coming back and we keep coming back with power and each generation is stronger than the last so we can't be that indigenous we're powerful we're very very powerful people and what we see and more times than other is our power and we have more strength in numbers comes when we unify so I'm joining forces with Justin, with Brandon, with you, Rajon, and however it is that we need to use the platforms that we are given um, that we're going to do it I started out as a singer who knew who I would knew? be a community activist Look at who God. knew you know Look, Look at, at God. God. Won't he do it? Hey, hey won't, won't he? Won't he will? Won't he will? <laughs> Listen, man, th this has been an amazing conversation. We had super technical difficulties um, throughout it. But like my sister Sharia said, you know, the enemy is always going to try to downplay and, and make small the things that God is doing. Um, if you don't believe in God, that's your problem. 
Um, but like I but I definitely do believe in the power of activism. I believe in the power of direct action. I believe in the power of demonstration. Um, I like I said, I may not agree with everything that these young people are doing, but these young people are making people pay attention and y'all can't ignore them. Y'all cannot ignore them. And that's going to bother you. And it's like they're going to. But I, I also believe that there's going to be some stuff that's going to come up. That's going to that's going to we're starting to see things that are that are happening to try to 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 shut these young people up but this isn't the 20s and this isn't the 30s this isn't the 40s this isn't the 50s this isn't the 60s this isn't the 70s and the 80s 90s 20s we are 150 years away from slavery and these young people they don't know the noose these young people they don't know the whip these young people they don't know public lynchings i don't know what to tell you you're not going to scare them. You're not going to scare them. And you know what? I like it. I like it. And with that being said, I'm going to end this show. Thank y'all so much for watching, man. This has been dope. I want to thank every single activist that came on here today. My sister, Sherea Washington, my bro, Justin Hunt, my bro, my new bro, uh, Brandon Trolley. Go check out these protests um, tomorrow, that's Saturday, um, down in some, downtown Somerville, starting at the Rollins Edwards Center, marching to Hutchinson Square. There will be music, there's going to be fun, there's going to be camaraderie, there's going to be fellowship, and there will be people fighting against racism. And if you're against racism in any form that it shows itself, then you need to be out there supporting these endeavors. On Sunday, you need to be out downtown. They're going to be starting, and I believe it's called White Point, Point, White Point Gardens. Marching, ending up at, Mar at uh, Mar Marion Square. You need to be there. If you fight against racism in any form, be out there. I will be speaking. If you want to hear me speak, then come out and hear me speak. I don't just do my hands. Um, like, come out and hear me speak. I, I promise you I'm going to have a great message. <laughs> or at least a, a halfway decent message for you guys to check out. It's, I, I promise you I'm putting work into it. Um, I, I do take it very seriously. I'm not going to do my whole spiel about about coming out to hear me speak about uh, about if you want me to come out and speak at your event or anything like that. But thank you for watching Real Talk with Rajan. I do this every Wednesday night, sometimes on Tuesday night. Um, next Tuesday, I actually have a candidate for Charleston County Solicitor. Ben Pogue is going to be on my show talking about as a white man who works in uh, the justice system, his thoughts on white privilege. Um, we need to hear that from somebody who's running for office. What is his thoughts on white privilege? And I dare say it, that there's not a, whole, not a whole lot of white men willing to talk about white privilege on camera. So I'm really excited about talking about that with him and having that conversation going. Um, with that being said, man, God is everything and without God is everything and without him, we are nothing. So never forget where your help comes from. And if a man doesn't stand for something, he's bound to fall for anything. Now that is real talk. I will see y'all on Tuesday night. Peace. Peace.